You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. crazy ass crossovers i think it's cool that we have 11 and superman in the same movie with that crazy chick from the harry potter movies and all of these other things going on and then dwayne the rock johnson shows up as black adam and i'm like dude you don't have to be in everything uh wait a minute i think Hold you've been drinking again marco again. i'm not sure that happened hey it's it's day drinking but it's sunday drinking oh it's okay then. that doesn't really count people tell marco he's sober again <laughs> Hold on a second. It's yeah, Marco's back. like Bender from Futurama. He's blind sticking sober. <laughs> <laughs> Please drink malt liquor. If not for yourself, then at least for the people who love you. Never. Um, <laughs> we, we are, of course, reviewing a movie that bears no relationship whatsoever to the description I just gave you. Uh, I'm talking about Enola Holmes 2 further cementing Millie Bobby Brown's status as the queen of Netflix. This is her second time in the role. It is an adaptation of the Enola Holmes series, the story of Sherlock Holmes's little sister, Enola. And here to help me talk about it are Harmony. Hello. Doggett. Detective Doggett. And Ben. Cheerio. In the original Enola Holmes, we find out that Sherlock Holmes has a little sister, and she gets up to all kinds of adventures. We get to meet her mom, played by Helena Bonham Carter, who is a uh, secretly living a life as a part of a radical suffragette group movement. And of course, Sherlock Holmes and Mycroft Holmes are there, and they're not crazy about having a little sister, but she is incorrigible and brilliant in her own way, and of course stumbles into trouble course by the end she solved the mystery she's fallen with this guy named lord tewksbury and things seem happily ever after the second film begins with her starting up her own detective agency only to find out that she is very much overshadowed by her older brother and no surprise people in the victorian era don't want to hire 
a young girl to be a detective. <laughs> She's about to give up when she meets a young girl named Bessie, who asks her to please help her find her lost sister, Sarah Chapman, who was a matchstick girl who has disappeared. And of course, before you know it, She's found herself into a much bigger mystery that goes all the way up to the top and crosses paths with her own more famous brother, Sherlock Holmes. Guys, I'll be very honest. I saw this first film. I thought it was fine. I kind of forgot about it afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a second one of those. Let's check it out. Guys, did you have any experience with the source material or even memories of the previous film? Did you even watch the previous film? I love the first movie. I think the three of us, the ones that aren't you, all reviewed it, actually, Marco. Oh, okay. did we? Was it the three of us? <laughs> Before we began the review, Harmony and I were talking about, like, do you even remember the first movie? I, I remember it was fun. It was lightweight. It was cute. You know, it was yeah. cute. And, and then it kind of just fell out of my mind almost instantly. And I feel like this second film might be a little bit better, but it just might be because it's more recent in my mind. Because it just happened. You know, you, you know, the problem is, Marco, you just, you didn't recently watch The School of Good and Evil, <laughs> which is a which is a, a Disney Channel movie with a high budget. This is like a genuine good budgeted family movie. Yeah, I gotta agree with Target. It is definitely for kids. I like the first one a fair bit. It does stick with me a good amount, and I actually almost have to say because of that I'm almost feeling more mixed on this one because I feel like they didn't separate themselves much. From how the original one was structured, you know, it's very much the same thing of like, oh, well, she's here and she has to prove herself. Oh, she's always on the run from someone. Oh, she's trying to get Sherlock to listen to her and Sherlock's trying to be helpful, but also doesn't believe in her, but does. And then (laughs) it's the same structure, but I think it still does well for itself because Millie Bobby Brown is terrific in it again. I think Cavill is like he was a high point of the first one and he is such an interesting form of Sherlock Holmes and buff Sherlock. I'm glad we get more of him here. I'm all sure. about buff Sherlock. This, oh, Henry Cavill. You see him lay down on that couch? He took up the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the joke. It's like, yes, if only my mother, if only our mother also fed me as well as she fed you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. My, uh, my images of Sherlock Holmes or Jeremy Brett or Basil Rathbone. It's not, you know, Henry Cavill. And yet, to his credit, he does do a good job here and knows the assignment, doesn't like, you know, overshadow Millie Bobby Brown. It's clear he's in a supporting role. He Mm -hmm. seems cool with that. But one of the things I found frustrating, especially in what I felt was an overlong, overcomplicated second act, is that Enola starts making mistakes and Sherlock has to show up and Sure enough, her case intersects with his, and her powers kind of get nerfed almost the second Holmes shows up. She's like, I figured this out. He's like, did you see this? Did you see that? How about that? You missed that. And she's like, oh, shit, you're right. They did a bit of that in the first one. It just kind of sounds like a dick brother thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's Sherlock, so he's this kind of aloof character and has, like, no real emotional intelligence but she also needs her mom and the suffragettes to come no 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 that's an important moment in the movie that's that's a cool moment i love that moment i feel like that section though is almost too much of a distraction from showing how good of a investigator enola is and how much she's picking up on it herself it's like no we didn't need this full action sequence in this way like you know they have an action sequence towards the end of the movie i think it's better 
I think, and I'm with Marco, I don't like that they kind of just uh, put Enola's detective skills to the back burner a little bit and have Sherlock. It should be more of her showing him how good she is because they got a little bit more of that in the end of the first movie. And the first movie, as I said, it plays very much the same notes. The first movie where he comes in and she learns a bit more about being a proper detective past just being a good investigator. And this movie kind of handicaps that again. I mean, I think they wanted to show more of that action ability, like more of her her fighting skills and that's been super popular like with the guy Ritchie movies and stuff like that so i can see why they wanted to focus on that and she she you know ultimately is you know anola holmes like she's a great detective i i just think they were trying to give her more rounded characterization i think i mean it kind of felt like if act two of the goonies involved their parents showing up and going kids (laughs) We've got this. We got this. Climb up the bucket. Like the Goonies aren't good enough, as it turns out. Be- okay, between Enola and Sherlock, there is a really clear difference how they do things. Mm-hmm. Sherlock has a lot of resources uh, because, as we saw in the beginning of this movie, Enola lives in her office. Right. Uh, what she doesn't realize is detectives don't make that much money. No. Sherlock is a trust fund baby. He is living <laughs> off his family's money. Fortune, yeah. They are rich. I don't know why she's why she's sleeping there, but they. She comes from money, is all I'm saying. Sherlock also sleeps where he works, too. Just let's be fair about that. But it's just a really nice apartment. (laughs) Flat, please. One thing that they really touch on in this show is how famous Sherlock has become. Like, everybody geeks out about Sherlock. Even Enola, when you realize she's in the 221B Baker Street for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And even she's geeking out about it. She's, like, putting his pipe in his mouth and looking around. I mean, I'm amazed they didn't show, you know, the... The Pershing slipper on the mantelpiece full of tobacco, right? Or the heroin usage. I feel like when she finds <laughs> Sherlock in this movie, the way she finds him, I expected it to be a heroin den. But, you know, <laughs> Netflix wasn't going that far. It looked like he was bullshitting, though. That entire story he'd tell was like, yeah, I was just, I was chilling with the guys, you know, having beer, uh, ales. Uh, and then it turns out he's actually drunk, which seemed really weird. Yeah. The important yeah. thing to tell Marco here about kind of the history of this, because you brought up about the Sherlock's you know and all of that, is one... The character of Enola Holmes comes from young adult novel series about her because public domain to make anyone else from Sherlock Holmes. And two, this version of Sherlock Holmes is the only one that they can use, which is Sherlock Holmes who actually has any emotions at all in emotional awareness because the Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle wrote him with more personality and emotions early on. Oh. And then those went out um, into the public domain, whereas the rest of the Sherlock Holmes mythos that we all know is all tied up in rights by his state of the more cold and cut off Sherlock Holmes and the heroin using Sherlock Holmes. That's why this Sherlock is, you know, one who can show his emotions and cares about his sister and worries about, you know, what his mother's impact in, you know, uh, social change because, because that's this. And, Sherlock Holmes sucks. Yeah, it, it's I kind agree. of boring now. It's overdone because it's the one we know. I never saw him as a sociopath, but more of a rich snob. Th- that's what a sociopath is, Marco, a rich snob. <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> So that's the interesting literary background. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Not to get too sidetracked, I just felt there were moments where Enola felt like a supporting player in a Sherlock Holmes story. And this is her story. And of course, her story ends up not only connecting to the mystery he's working on, it ties into the greater Holmes mythos with the introduction of a character who I thought was handled quite well. I won't spoil it here, but if you've read any Sherlock Holmes stories... You probably know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I still had a lot of fun with this. I just wanted her to be a little more of an active participant. On the other hand, to Harmony's point, 
it does humanize her relationship with her brother and her mother. And I do like the idea of a child protagonist has to stop and go, you know, I, need my I could maybe use the help of an adult. Here. Look, look, if Peter Parker can do it, why can't she? You know, with great deductive ability comes, I don't know what comes with that. I mean, it probably just involves like a heroin addiction, <laughs> a cocaine addiction, and a tendency to just lie around in your house uh, playing the violin poorly. I just like that she's a fucking runner. She is running throughout this entire movie. She's like a little parkour girl. That's the difference between her and Sherlock. Sherlock is like, what, she, he's, he's 35 in this movie? That's like an ancient old man back then. <laughs> he needs that cane. Oh, are we, we're going to talk about the logic of Victorian-era physiques. I don't think most of them would look like Henry Cavill. That guy eats like eight raw eggs for breakfast and has jogged eight miles before he's even gotten a set. No, no, he yeah, eats he a whole chicken every morning. That's the Hugh Jackman diet. Yeah, he eats a whole beef wellington every day <laughs> by himself. Oh my god. But no, my biggest issue, I'm with you and Marco on this, that the biggest issue is that how when the adults come in, like I get that in the first movie, because the first movie she's finding her way in the world for the first time. That made a lot more sense to me. Here she's a lot more grounded because she also did solve the bigger mystery even for Sherlock in the last one. It's the fact that she still seems following along in his coattails at the end when their cases intersect. You know, it's almost like rewriting the movie, but it would have been better if it's she puts together the cases intersect. She finds that connection instead of Sherlock finding it. Wait, doesn't this happen in the first movie? Like when she goes to the girls' school, she gets saved by that rich boy. That's what I'm saying. Is it does, but the first movie, when when Sherlock has to bring more of his weight into it, makes sense because of her connection. This movie, it should be her taking the reins and showing him that thinking with more emotion and awareness connects these cases because he's missing something because he's looking too analytically. Mm. That would have been much better for how they're trying to develop both characters this movie. It doesn't ruin this movie, but it's it's a weakness I see with how they play both characters in the development of Enola. Because I Enola, think they wanted to use Henry Cavill more. I really do. I feel like... Great. Is this yeah. a Superman and Supergirl thing? No, Superman and Supergirl. No. no, I feel like they, they, they want to showcase Henry Cavill because I think this was made before the news about Witcher came out. So, you know, if, if she's missed Netflix, he's definitely Mr. Netflix. Oh, he'll be back. He'll, you think he'll be back? Okay. But... <laughs> oh, he's, he's siding with DC? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'll be back. He'll I mean, look, for that, for a hot moment, he thought his Superman gig was over. I don't blame him for taking other work. He loves the Witcher world more than anything, but also he loves money. And he's like, what, I get to be Superman again? Sorry, not doing your little show. <laughs> not anymore. I'm all about Henry Cavill in this just because he's handsome. <laughs> just period. He's He's hot. And I like to watch that. Thank you. Elementary. So ends my TED my TED talk. <laughs> He's kind of dreamy. He got up from being drunk, stumbling out of a bar, better than I ever have in my life. Yeah. That's true, because I've seen you stumbling drunk out of a bar. It's not pretty. <laughs> I remind you guys, did you see him? Did you see him lay down on that couch? I'm just that image of him on the couch is just like I'm gonna I'm just go ahead and post that on Facebook right now. That's a, him lying down on that couch drunk. It is still like Motherfucker, you're still handsome. Like Hugh Jackman has that joke. Everybody, everybody thinks you're handsome, so you're laying down. No, Henry Cavill still looks handsome laying down. Yep, that's all I had to say. <laughs> what is this like? Pimp my Henry Cavill fetish? Yo, dog it. I heard you like fainting couches, so here's a fainting couch so you can faint on it while watching Henry Cavill faint on a fainting couch. I'll do couch. it. I'll do it. Give me a chance. <laughs> I don't know. Millie Bobby Brown proved it's pretty hard to carry Henry Cavill around. So. <laughs> 
He's a big dude. Uh, another big dude in this is David Thewlis, who I yes. always love seeing come back and stuff. And he's always great as a bad guy. Uh, no surprise, the minute you show up, you're like, oh, you're definitely a baddie. Yeah. Uh, he's just a great dastardly villain. He's the chief inspector who's corrupt. And the, the mystery with the match girls at the match factory is actually a genuinely interesting yeah. one. I think because it actually came from history. There is a character who is loosely based on a person who did work in a matchstick factory, but she led a strike for better uh, wages and working hours. It didn't have the mystery element that is in this mm-hmm. movie. Were there um, horse cart bombs? No. <laughs> I mean, suffragettes did bomb mailboxes and things all over London. So. Although she did, you know, to have a connection with the Fabian Society and they might have blown up a few things. So I'm not going to say 100% no. <laughs> what I will say is that we should probably go into our final thoughts. Doggett, kick us off, please. Okay, well, I'll do my final thoughts. Somebody check your Facebooks. It's Henry Cavill lying down. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I will. I, I will enjoy right this now. movie. I, I enjoyed this movie. I it's the it's exactly what I got from the first one. It's a fun little adventure film, a uh, mystery adventure film slash kind of comedy. Billy Bobby Brown, still charming as fuck. Like Drake's little homie, really grew up. <laughs> Drake's homie, oh no. <laughs> I I said homie. I didn't say anything. I didn't imply anything. Anyways, it's, it's just a fun family movie. Like you can watch this during Thanksgiving and you'll have a blast. Like. Put this on, then you put on Knives Out. I couldn't imagine a better time. A Henry Cavill. My God, does he fill a does he fill a couch? What is with you in Who the couch? <laughs> did you did you check Facebook yet? Doggett has never seen a fainting couch, so mixing that with a handsome man is broken. I, I'm starting to think this isn't about Henry Cavill, but about fainting couches. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. Just, I'm it's going to be my screensaver. I, I don't know. <laughs> No, it's like I'm I'm obsessed with the couch, and also like who who does his clothing? Like like do they have that size? Yeah, honestly, the tailor on this on this show must have loved their job. So, what's gonna be your final rating there, Doggett? Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably eight out of ten Henry Cavill on couches. <laughs> I I definitely think you need to spend some time on the couch with a professional therapist. And uh, talk about some of these issues you have. <laughs> He's actually about to have a faint on a fainting couch, looking at a picture of Henry Cavill on a fainting couch. You know, and then the therapist is like, my God, you're right. I'm, I'm captivated by this. I'm not even going to charge you for this session. Just let me keep this photo of Henry Cavill on a couch. Uh, speaking of couch potatoes, Ben, what are your final thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, look, I love the first movie. I think we all had a great time reviewing it when we did it. Cause we're just, it was also mid-pandemic. We're like, this is the kind of fun I miss seeing in a theater. And it was a great time. And I love that Millie Bobby Brown is an executive producer on this one and the first one. Which is just like, yeah, throw your weight around and get a really good female-led action adventure brains built movie too. It's great. I think it's really good. I still have my complaints as I brought up that like, I feel like they kind of, they kind of handicap Anola at the end too much where I feel like they take away some of that strength that she had grown from the first movie and throughout this movie where her character had developed so much more where that feels unnecessary but it's not enough for me to say it's a bad movie for that um, I know you guys like the you know the suffragette prison break thing I still feel like that almost felt like it took itself too much out of the movie it reminded me again of the first movie where she gets put in in a boarding school or whatever and it's like okay that kind of works in the first movie because of where she was here it's like you're just trying to find a way to use the same plot structure and not have to worry about that. And it's kind of weak writing. 
but that's kind of my biggest complaint about this movie is just that um, we haven't brought him much, much, but we mentioned Tewksbury earlier, uh, Lewis Partridge who plays him, I think is really fun. Like he has a great dichotomy with how Millie Bobby Brown plays Enola. It's they're a great duo together. I think the movie thrives the most when we get Enola with him or we get her with Cavill as Sherlock. I think those combos really show terrific chemistry on screen as much as Millie's great on her own. Those are the places where it's just like, oh, yeah, you're holding your own with these other actors and like you're stealing the scene with them and playing off them humorously and wonderfully. I like that a lot. Um, Last thing just to mention is I do still have some mixed feelings about how they've changed up uh, Detective Lestrade played by Adil Akhtar here. I think he's a fine actor, but they're really going for the bumbling Lestrade who's not much of a, you know, much of a real detective himself. And look, Lestrade is... He's not exactly brilliant, but he is supposed to be a competent police captain or police detective. And it's just like, he doesn't feel that way at all in any of these movies. He's just bumbling. And as long as they don't do that with Watson, because that's always so the worst has been Watson's bumbling when he's a brilliant doctor. It's like, please mm-hmm. don't do these things. So we'll see. But I digress. That's tailing off to where they're going for almost ine- almost inevitably a sequel again. Uh, this one is a fun time. As Doggett said, definitely like watch this around Thanksgiving, get the family around. Your parents will not have a problem with it. The kids that are like, you know, age 10 and up will have a great time with this. Um, I am going to give it seven and a half out of 10 stairs that you didn't realize we were up to your brother's <laughs> flat. Harmony. Yeah, I really enjoyed this too. Um, I've got a kick out of the first movie. Um, and this feels like a good continuation of the first movie. It's not really any different. It's, it's, it's it seems like it's in the same world like it's 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 good like i really enjoy it i think the ball scene the party scene is so pretty and so interesting of of them dancing around and trying to get information about people and it's just it, it, i i i got to kick out of that i love any movie that's going to spend its budget on costumes and that was clearly where they did that. The only issue I had is that you're right. It does kind of holds back Enola home sometimes when she's trying to solve a situation and uh, people come to her rescue. But I, like I said earlier, I think it's because they want to show her, her connections to com- the community and to her family and friends. So I, I give it props for that. I think it was really endearing. I liked watching it. I'm going to go watch it again because my husband didn't get a chance to watch it with me. I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 waves of a fan language. What? They they talked with their fans. Oh. Yeah, the fan language. That's the thing. Did you even watch the show, Doggett, or have you just been making it up? He just turned that scene with him on the couch and put it to point five speed and kept rewinding. Check the slack right now. (laughs) He's like, this movie is peaked. I don't need to watch any further. Uh, (laughs) I'm with you guys overall. I really did have a good time with it. It's not going to linger long in my mind, except for the fact that I do think this new mystery is a little more compelling than the previous one. I think this series has a lot of legs. There's certainly no shortage of Sherlock Holmes stories, so there's no shortage of Enola Holmes stories, you could tell, especially since they're no longer bound really by any of the source material. They could just make up new stories and keep this going as long as they want, or as long as Millie Bobby Brown wants to do it because certainly most people are going to know her as Eleven from Stranger Things. Probably a stronger performance, playing a traumatized telekinetic girl. (laughs) But here she's clearly having fun. 
And because she's having fun, we're having fun. She's breaking the fourth wall. She's addressing the audience. She's so charming that it really doesn't matter what's happening. I just wish this were a little bit tighter and gave her a few more moments to shine while still retaining that message of saying, hey, it's okay to ask for help. And you can always look for allies to help you get through a situation. Regardless, so long as she's on screen, everything's working. And that's exactly what you want from a star vehicle like this. I give this 6.5 out of 10 boxes of matches. Which, by the way, reminds me, I need to go have a cigarette. Hopefully, I won't poison myself or blow up while smoking those cigarettes. And don't say the British phrase for cigarettes, either. Oh, my God. Also, don't put a British form else, of a cigarette I, um, in your fanny pack, because that means something very different in English. But not that there's anything wrong with that. 